And welcome to Head to Table. It's the comedy podcast where two friends get together and devise a tabletop RPG before your very ears and then play test it out as well. I am Tom Rawson. And I am Tom Snowden. And Tom, perhaps you could explain for everyone listening what a tabletop RPG is if they've never heard of one before. I think I can. So RPG stands for role-playing game, and the idea is that you adopt the role of someone with some kind of interesting life, probably more interesting <laughs> than your own, either some form of, uh, of heroism or, or some reason that, that you might be interested in them. You don't just want to play, you know, Gary from down the road. But uh, <laughs> A tabletop RPG is two hours. We'd actually be so pathetic. <laughs> exactly. You get to fulfil your, your fantasies of... Uh, well, you know, normally it's some kind of sci-fi or fantasy trope, uh, and the idea is that you uh, you you play through the role of this 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 figure, this heroic figure, um, often with one of the players around the table adopting the role of the game master, where they narrate essentially the reality. They become your god for the duration of the game, um, and everyone else <laughs> essentially uh, plays one of these roles uh, and rolls dice or uses some other random number generator with which to decide whether they succeed or fail on certain tasks they may seek to achieve. Perfect. A wonderful description. As you mentioned, a lot of time these tend to be like either fantasy or sci-fi orientated, but each episode of Heads to Table, we're going to try and think outside the box and come up with a, a brand new system for something that might not have been touched on before. Um, and I've got one to propose for us for this episode, Tom. Um, I, it is. <laughs> I just said that we would be very outside the box, but really I'm still going to lean into... Uh, a very heroic escapist fantasy and that's that i really want to capture uh a rule set to describe the power rangers uh, i see wow or okay voltron or something um I, I should add basically i want something to capture where players can be really cool robots that also form together to become even bigger robots uh and and do fighting wow okay yeah no that sounds great um I mean, just to be clear here, are we, are we harking specifically back to that kind of 90s feel of Power Rangers? Because I mean, I, I noticed you didn't reference like Pacific Rim there or <laughs> in your giant robot spiel. It's very well, much focused on the... Uh... I think the easiest way to describe where I want to come from is that you may be surprised to hear that actually I've never actually watched a single episode of Power Rangers or Voltron. Right. But the reason I picked this is because it does still hold a very large memory of my childhood, and that's that they were the toys I always wanted but never got. And like, so, so you wanted them without ever seeing the TV show? Oh, I mean, entirely, yeah. But the TV but, show was supposed to be the vehicle by which they would sell you the toys. Yeah, but I was already aware. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the perfect, you're like the perfect <laughs> mark for advertising. They don't even need to advertise to you. They just, <laughs> they just put That's toys so on the true. shelf. I'm so suggestive. I am the most suggestible individual. I, I didn't even <laughs> need to watch the show. I just had to be like aware vaguely of the premise. And like, I, I, it was at least enough in the public consciousness that I knew they were robots. They morphed together and they beat things up. And like something about that always struck me as so cool. I love the idea of having like the separate toys that you would then like build together into a bigger toy. And I asked for them every Christmas and birthday and never got them. Uh, I think I found out why. Because when I 
when I became 16 and got my very first job, <laughs> I actually used my first paycheck to buy like a Transformers toy. Wow. <laughs> As if like, it was like the ultimate like, yeah, finally, I make the rules now. <laughs> and from here on out, it's all Transformers, baby. And uh, I bought one and my friend bought one. We were like, this is great. We're living our dream lives. And uh, within 20 minutes, I broke it. <laughs> so I think that's probably a good reason why I didn't have them. But now, um, all these years later, mom... Um, I'm going to build a tabletop RPG to be a Power Ranger and a Mighty Morpher and there's nothing she can do about it. She can't stop you. You will morph. It is. <laughs> I, I'm here to help you fulfil the, uh, the oh, childhood you were never thanks, allowed. Tom. Tom. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. <laughs> okay, so uh, all different mechanics of like how we're going to fight and combat. Now, I think the first thing I want to nail down is the part that I'm so happy about is the idea of, of the morphing. Okay. I'm sure that everyone can have their own stats and stuff, how they roll and abilities with their cool robots they come up with. But how do we morph? How does that work? That is a, a great question. Okay, so we, we're we starting off. I mean, does, does each player, is the notion here that each player represents a separate body part of the enormous robot that you have? Do oh, they, do um... They- <laughs> come well, together no, to no, form because no, in Power Rangers they don't, yeah, they don't no, form like an arm like, so I think everyone's going to have their own like custom awesome robot right so you'll be like I'm playing oh uh, the yellow uh, Power Jane, Ranger yeah I'm with playing the, with the saber tooth tiger Jane Ripper and I'm a saber tooth tiger um, and they can have all their own abilities and stats for that that they can play with and curate make it you know very much yours but I reckon I'd like to see then if on a a player's turn they're like i'm gonna morph with you um phil somehow you then morph and i reckon on each player's turn they can both now use control of this uh formed even better robot so i reckon like whenever two of these robots morph together they can still be a functioning cool robot instead of just like a pair of legs <laughs> right perfect I do kind that of- would still be a very effective robot now i think about it like well, not if you're one leg. Not if it's just like no. one leg hopping across the city, trying to kick the kaiju. <laughs> I'll get you. Come. He's got one move, but it's kind of an all-or-nothing move, isn't it? Like he's waiting for that perfect opportunity for that one like jump kick. <laughs> okay, I- I've come to the table with one idea, Tom, and that's that. I always thought it would be funny if, because it was so difficult. Like whenever I played with any of these, like toys to actually get the right instructions to because mo- to like fold all the plasticky bits up to make them form and mm-hmm. i just love the idea of in the show saying instead of it not being so easy for them and okay. that you could easily get it wrong and just like crash across the city and like level a building wow okay okay i like it yeah okay and so- i got an idea and my fun idea is that um you know we rolled i think it wouldn't feel very epic to like oh, have to roll a 15 plus or whatever. So I was thinking the way to do it would be that the player you're trying to morph with has to hold a cup in front of them and you have to throw (laughs) a dice into their cup. Wow, okay. (laughs) I'm really taking it back to basics here in a dexterity-based challenge to successfully morph. So really to sort of get the the best Power Rangers, uh, is it Zordon? Zordan? I don't know, I never watched the show. Instead of choosing, instead of choosing teens with attitude, he should have chosen. Uh, he should have chosen college kids with beer pong skills for the beer pong skills. are what you needed primarily to successfully morph. 
Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was always teens that were targeted by these extras. Because Wait, was it? I don't know. Again, didn't watch the show, but I did see a lot of the promotional material for the new he, film with Brian Cranston. Yeah, he definitely... And they were all teens. So Brian Cranston is the character I'm talking about. It begins with a Z. I can't remember. He's been a long time, Tom. <laughs> but, oh, um, yeah, he's like in charge, isn't he? Like They find he's like an alien yeah, or a computer. Like a, yeah, and he yeah. tells them they're Power Rangers. Yeah, but he, but he said at the start of every episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that he was trying to get a, a teen of uh, teens with attitude specifically yeah so that's that's what he's looking for teens with attitude <laughs> <laughs> but like for him to say it specifically there must be a reason <laughs> like if he's I just need... a big creep he's just a yeah. big blue floating <laughs> creepy face bring me them really? teens I, I mean if you want my dad's a navy seal so nope we need teens Young, nubile teens for these latex bodysuits. <laughs> teens on every planet. I just I travel mean, I, the universe. <laughs> I travel the universe seeking hot teens in your area. Yep. Put on the skin-tight outfit. Do it. It's the only way. I, I need your, uh, your ability to learn. Adults could never do it. <laughs> oh god i'm really not surprised power rangers took off it's like the ultimate power fantasy right like ah oh, i can become an ultimate robot and kick ass and yet i was doing like some googling in the lead up and like so many people had big issues with power rangers apparently well, in the u.s at least is what this was what um, kind of issues maybe just thinking it was like too stupid and nasty i guess um in fact tom <laughs> uh I've actually prepared for you our first ever segment for the show on just this topic. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> are you ready? I mean, I, I don't know what it what it what it entails, but I I'm, I will I will roll with the punches. So to okay, speak. then <laughs> it's time to play the very first segment of Gore in the Four. <laughs> initiative and creating the internet yes it's gore in the four the trivia segment of the show where i ask you tom snowden the contestant which one of these four quotes was actually said by former vice president al gore (laughs) (laughs) yep sounds gory (laughs) and that's an inconvenient truth (laughs) are you ready to play gore in the four Yes. Okay. Yes. Quote one. They asked me to do a voiceover for the villain in one of the Power Rangers movies. I asked if the villain could represent some facet of the evils of climate change, but I never heard back. Quote two. Shows like the Power Rangers tell children that the best way to solve a problem is to get violent, to kick, to karate chop, and yes, sometimes to launch a missile. <laughs> Quote three. Children nowadays want to be Power Rangers instead of Army Rangers, and I think that's disgraceful. And quote four, I'd be lying if I said I didn't ever have an erotic dream about a Power Ranger, (laughs) but I'm not going to tell you which one. (sighs) Those are your four quotes there, Tom. Which one is the gore in the four? (laughs) The gore in the four. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I'm going to... I mean, Al Gore did obviously and has had a, a deep abiding respect for the environment however mm. in his status as a kind of 90s politician i'm gonna say that he went for quote two 
kids karate chopping and shooting <laughs> missiles from their schools. Tom, you're completely correct. You Hooray! found the gore in the four. Yes. That was our first ever segment of Gore in the Four. <laughs> what do you think of Gore in the Four, Tom? Reckon it could be a, a mainstay in the show? Um, I, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll shelve it for now. Maybe I'll come back with some more Gore in the Four later and see how you feel about it. Not this episode, in, in a future episode. <laughs> Um, okay, all right, yeah, sure. Okay, well, let, let's get back onto the stats. So I think, uh, to keep it simple for now, um, I reckon while in your mech, I reckon the funnest part of the mech can be from fun abilities like play with stuff. I reckon three basic stats, maybe. Uh, your health, your damage, and your armour. Mm. Yeah? because And the reason I keep armour as one of those three is I reckon that's a cool thing about, like, custom building your robot you can choose to have one that and i reckon armor here is gonna absorb a certain amount of damage before and anything that's left over gets taken off your health okay okay yeah yeah that makes sense so so i've got a a vague system to sort of propose to you maybe each time you start (laughs) a new character sort of um uh level level one say you have 12 points that you can put into either your damage hp or armor however many points in armor that's how many points of damage gets shaved off each, each attack. Uh, however many points in health is what you have probably times five. So if you have five points in health, you got 25 health points. And damage, I reckon, whatever it is, you round up to the next die of that number, and that's the die you roll for damage. Oh, okay. So if you've got three points in there, you roll D4. If you've got five points, you roll D6. If you've got ten points, you roll a D12, that sort of thing. Ooh, that's complicated maths for... Uh... For around the table. Maybe, but we could always just make it up. <laughs> How about instead it's the number of dice you use. Oh, that is better, to actually. To cause mad damage. Yes, although, no, I do. Although that if that makes more sense. Well, yeah, you just have to have a lot of armour, I guess. The armour points have to be quite high. Oh, but you can, like, you can build enemies to be scaled appropriately, right? Like... Yeah, it does lead to some quite swingy damage, which I think I quite like. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And I reckon, I reckon when you morph, I reckon it could be as simple as you just stick your stick your stats together. Okay, it's yeah, nice and it. simple. And then I think all you could do like loads of fun customization stuff where like you could play around. And I reckon movement can be a bit looser. Like maybe certain abilities say more about how you can move. So you can have like flying robots that can move quicker. Um, maybe you have an ability that lets you throw two dice instead of one at your opponent's cup when you want to morph with them. <laughs> how have you chosen already? I mean, it sounds like you've got a fairly developed system here, Tom. Have you, oh, have you chosen the, the diameter of the entrance to the cups? Is there like a, a specific rule on how big a cup I can use? Yeah, we have to sell like um, custom... 40, 40 centimeter rules, I think, with the game. Uh, oh, okay. is too easy. If I make it forty centimeter, we can like specifically sell our branded rulers as well. Uh, okay, I'm always thinking about the merchandising opportunities. Absolutely, that's, that's literally all I've got so far. I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Tom, and how you tweak that and make that more fun. Especially, I'm missing out the whole like teen angle here. Um, <laughs> it might be, and like Power Rangers weren't just in their robots. Like, I'm not saying this has to be Power Rangers. Like, this can be any other type of thing, but. You know, there, there's a whole side to this I haven't touched on yet. I'd be, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. I mean, I, I, I like the base. I think it's, I think it's a solid original sort of starting off point for a game. I, I mean, 
I think what I come back to um, as you as you sort of raise this, all I can think about in my mind as you sort of say all of this is the notion of a giant arm crawling across <laughs> New York. <laughs> but also, also the notion of like, I'm thinking back to the original series and how they had those shots where they had all of them in the cockpits moving their joysticks to control oh, the things. Oh, yeah. But like, what did those joysticks control? Like, was the notion that one of them was controlling it and the rest were just moving it around? Like, you know, like you know when your, your kid so brother would tr- yeah. would sit next to you when you're playing a video game and pick up yeah, the other controller yeah, yeah. and pretend pretend to play. Yeah, is it that, or are they are they are they all I mean, separately it be, controlling? It can't like, actually limbs. be cohesive. That's what I mean, right? Like. Because <laughs> if so, you end up with like a kind of Quop system instead, right? <laughs> exactly, like- exactly. The the internet sensation game Quop that I'm sure I'm sure many of our listeners will have heard, where you you know you control individual limbs with the, the buttons, <laughs> flash flash game, um, and have to sprint a hundred meters. And of course, you 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 simply can't do it except by kind of being in a weird kneeling pose and kind of hopping forwards. That could be because because so far I've got where like once you morph like. You just both, on your turns, you can both choose to use this extra powerful super machine. But maybe instead there has to be some kind of, yeah, cooperation. Like maybe you have to, I think you have to like know what the other person wants to do. And so you could either do that, <laughs> it's either before, before you make your action, maybe the other person who's part of that robot has to sort of guess what you're going to do. <laughs> and like only a, if it's right does it actually happen. Like you both have like a secret ballot that you have to give to the GM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Write your answer. What do you intend to, what's your move you intend to make with the robot this turn, this round of initiative? And if you that both guess so right, it's, uh, it's, you yeah, know. Yeah, it happens. It happens successfully. Yeah, because obviously it'd be so... I mean, uh, so so one point I would make, if, we, if we're going to go this route of having it be potentially just disastrous lack of self-control, yeah. um, I think I think what it has to be more than the sum of its parts to ever want to yeah. do it. Yeah. So, so maybe it's like instead of them it's adding together, maybe it's more like, you know, they, I don't know, I mean, we could just times them together. That would be hilariously oh powerful. Oh my God, that's so ludicrous. But like, if, <laughs> if you're playing with like four or five people, like they're all slowly like timesing their parts, and you're going to end up with like, let's say everyone's put, so what, what, what's five to the power of five? Five, 25, one, two, It's going to be about around about 3,000, right? <laughs> I'm not sure, sure we can roll 3,000 D6. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was also thinking there could be an element here of although obviously the robots want to you've got their own health to keep in mind in the show again haven't watched it i'm assuming or at least in like pacific rim they're not there to just fight the power range they're normally there to like tear up a city right i wonder if like if you're playing on some kind of grid if there isn't something to represent like the the health of like the the, the city in some regards and the buildings Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that seems like a good stat as well. Yeah. I feel like kind you could of... then bring in like fun ability. Like we haven't got time to like hash out all different like abilities here, but we can sort of. Share. But you could have elements there about like pinning enemies or like distracting them and drawing them into other areas. I think what I like is the notion of the city as as almost a character as well as a location. Exactly. Because so also kind of... there's a gr- there's a really good consequence then of like failing to morph or not moving right and that your <laughs> your mech just crashes through like a school somewhere oh jeez! Oh, oh no oh golly probably your own school as well you are <laughs> teens with attitude remember all oh, right it went right through <laughs> principal grabowski's office i've got oh. so much attitude <laughs> 
Principal Kukrowski is just there shaking his fist. <laughs> oh, you mighty morphers! All the other teens cheering, obviously. Yay! It is an integral part of uh, of Power Rangers, I think. The mm. the teen angst, the romance, like the big story in the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, if I recall correctly, was the 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 eventual kind of redemption of the Green Power Ranger, who had been a uh, who had been somehow oh. brainwashed and controlled by Rita the Witch for a very long time, and then. Uh, like was a, a villain for the first part of the series. I have no idea how long this was, um, and and then um, yeah, like eventually was was brought back out from the uh, from the the sort oh. of indoctrination and became just another normal teen. I think with that's, them. A, that's a good plot. I'm impressed. By how much, did you actually watch Power Rangers? Um, I mean, I I did watch it, but this is you know nearly what 25 years ago or something. Aww. I I seem to remember it was on, but I think it was on Channel 5 instead, and I was a hardcore fan of SMTV instead on ITV. Did you ever watch that? No. Oh, man, it was so good. For for anyone not aware, uh, maybe not from the UK, SMTV, Saturday morning television, Saturday mornings, loads of cartoons, and, like, the format of it, they just had some hosts, Ant and Deck. These two guys were basically just, like... They were kind of left to their own devices, and so much of it, they'd invent their own segments, which basically was just them ridiculing children on like, live television. <laughs> there was there was one bit I remember that was called uh, Challenge Ant, where literally kids would come on the show to challenge Ant, one of the presenters, at like trivia, and for each question, there was like a Dreamcast game, and if you won, you got that game. Um, except that Ant McFarlane really wouldn't, wouldn't hold back at all and would just often, like, <laughs> get so many of these games and then also whoever lost the segment even if that was the child at the end of that they would then have a dunce cap put on them and the entire live studio audience would chant you're thick you're thick you're thick you're thick you're thick you're thick i wonder how many like you know grown-up you know grown-up people there are now who are like like have PT- ptsd yeah. from this from smtv experience of like just constantly calling them kids stupid and not working this stuff out they wake up in the night in like night sweats like with the face of aunt mcfarlane or whatever, <laughs> pointing at them laughing like mercilessly <laughs> i think i do also want to clarify it's definitely aunt mcfarlane McPartlin, I think, and I read that Aunt McFartlin just makes me look like a really like <laughs> crass, <laughs> more like Aunt McFartlin. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to clarify that that was never a joke from me, and I just got it wrong. <laughs> I would never make <laughs> such gross toilet humor. Well, I think we've got uh, okay, so the one thing we also need to do as well. Well, oh, just, sorry, just, re- just rewinding a little bit on what you've just said there. So oh, maybe sorry, we yeah, could maybe away. we could put in something about about childhood nostalgia maybe that should somehow be in the mechanics of the game that uh you can somehow i don't know get some kind of re-roll or uh or if you can successfully recount an anecdote from your childhood (laughs) and we all agree that it uh, was a was a you know everyone else loved pokemon cards right agreed yes yes and then we all just re-roll our dice again if it's a shared nostalgia then you you get a re-roll you want a mechanic where a player shares a story of their childhood and if the rest of the table sort of nods in agreement and murmurs in approval then they get to re-roll a bad result (laughs) I mean now that you put it that way it sounds ridiculous (laughs) 
No, I like it. We'll, we'll keep it in. I don't know if it's a great idea. It does kind of like mean that as a, as I get older, like fewer and fewer people are going to play play role playing games with me. Yeah, if I encourage this kind of mechanic, because they'll be like, you know, Does anyone what else about- remember uh... <laughs> yeah, the War of eighteen seventy six? We hate playing this game with Grandpa. <laughs> we can never re-roll. Anyone remember Hoop and Stick? <laughs> yeah, I remember Hoop and Stick. Such a fine game. I also like the idea of like, but perhaps like the other players have to verify because obviously there's a strategic advantage then to be like, uh yes, of course I remember Hoop and Stick. And it's like, oh yeah, name one a Hoop and Stick manufacturer. Name your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Name one hoop and stick move. You're not a real hoop and stick fan. <laughs> You're wearing that T-shirt that says "Hoop and stick till I die," but you've never hooped a stick in your life. You never hoop and stuck it to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let, let's add it in. It's a it's a powerful dynamic. I like it. There's one thing I'd like to do though, Tom. Uh, I think it'd be good if we could just quickly create like an, an original law for our universe as well, because I I think it'd be nice to have its own some kind of um, you know individuality and not just be like a blatant Power Rangers ripoff. I'd like it if there to be some degree of individuality. Can we still. can we stick though with the notion of some kind of powerful pervert who recruits teens <laughs> to fight monsters? <laughs> Okay, uh, I think a, a cosmic per- is he actually an alien or is he? I thought I thought he was like an AI or something. He's definitely he definitely owned. Well, he's got a, a computer that like he's got like a robot that's called AI something. I think Hang on, I'm going right. to look up who yeah. this is. Zargon. I'm going to guess Zargon. Yeah, uh, Z- Zordon is something that comes to mind. Zordon. Zordon. You've nailed it. Okay. Zordon is a fictional character from the Power Rangers franchise who serves as the Rangers' mentor. Uh, Character's biography. 10,000 years ago, Zordon clashes with his nemesis, Rita Repulsa, on Earth. Ah, During the final battle, uh, Rita traps Zordon in a time warp while Zordon seals seals Rita and her minions away in a dumpster on the moon. (laughs) What? Uh, I mean... He's 10,000 years old, but is he still human? Um, I mean, it's it's not clear. So he's trapped in a time... Time warp, but he can still communicate? Oh, this is weird. In, in, the, in the Power Rangers, the movie, he leaves his tube. He seems like he's a human who lives in a tube. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Oh, I see. <laughs> And to be honest, the, the, the picture- parents of these teens like, where are you going? Where are you going again, Jimmy? An old man in a tube told me to put on, put on a skin tight latex vest for him. Oh. OK, to summarize where we are so far, uh, mm-hmm. we have that people can uh, build a mech of their own creation, whatever variety they want it to be. They can you know, implement that however they want, describe it however they want, but with three main stats. Uh, the damage you deal, the number of points is how many D6s you roll for damage. Armor, how many points of damage is shaved off of each hit you take. And HP, your health as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other mechanic we have is that if you want to morph with someone else's mech into some like more powerful conglomerate where your stats add together, you have to throw a die <laughs> into a cup the other player is holding. And if it goes in, you successfully morph. 
And also, (laughs) if you should miss or get any role you dislike, you're allowed to instantly start reminiscing about something from your past. (laughs) And if the rest of the table agrees that that was a good time, then you're allowed to re-roll the die. (laughs) And additionally, we also have the notion that uh, there's a secret ballot to decide whether once you you are morphed, there's a secret ballot to decide every single move. (laughs) We've put in a lot of of, road blocks a lot of barriers to uh to actually ever morphing in any reasonable form here i'm not sure but anyway like surely like every time it's gonna be move and attack yeah i obviously guessed you would move and attack that is the best thing to do i'm not sure i'm not even sure how you would how you would like maybe we devise like a range of certain attacks so we have a couple of attacks that are uh are um a legitimate attacks for like you know punch sword missiles for example mm. and you have to write the same one as them yes i do like that i do like that's really <laughs> if not it's just like some mad flurry of like wild punching the air while missiles <laughs> burst out of your back as you slip over crush a hospital <laughs> did i get him did i get him yeah exactly yeah I, um, I, I have one other idea as well that might be at least easier for us to do on the show perhaps instead you say what you want to do and it can only happen if i reckon each player rolls a d20 and you have to together get over 20 right mm-hmm. it's simple like it's and also there's enough fun there where it's like i got 16 and you got a two like that can lead, lead a bit more into the narrative of what exactly goes wrong like, oh yeah f- okay yeah yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Uh, so one thing, well, yeah, no, I think that, I think that makes a lot of sense. One thing I was thinking about the um, if there's the nostalgia notion of get a re-roll, which yeah. is which is fantastic. But also, I was thinking maybe one thing we could do is have a notion of the high school dynamic a little bit, and maybe like if you if you play out a scene in the high school, um, and I don't know, it's maybe up to the GM's discretion whether they give you a. Um, like a token right for for yeah. having had like an interaction a scene where you've interacted with another member of the power rangers when they're not a power ranger yeah. or whatever whatever non copyright violating <laughs> thing we we name these we name these individuals um if you have like a if you have a scene with them you get a token from the gm and that can be used to just automatically succeed on one action together um, oh i like that yeah that's really so good. Some, yeah, that's really good, actually. Yeah, some some aspect of... Like, it, you, if you're friends and can work together in the real world, then you can instantly yeah. work together in your fighting world. That's really cool, actually. That's really sweet. And, and also, it, it gives a good reason to sort of add to these cutaways, and you don't have to get too bogged down the rules of, like, social interaction. I think that's a whole other game in itself. Okay, and just to recap our setting, it's some kind of 90s Lego version of the United States. Yeah. In <laughs> which the ex-president who was, I guess, around when kaiju started emerging from the sea, uh, <laughs> became a reclusive pervert who's been building robots ever since to combat the kaiju <laughs> and is now attempting to recruit a group of... You, you know how, like, whenever a new president gets sworn in, like, all the old presidents show up to the inauguration? Like, you imagine, yeah. like, and here's President Clinton, uh, here's President Obama, and, oh, here's President... They <laughs> start wheeling on this tube like a floating head. Where are the teens? Where are the teens? Show me the teens! Show me the teens! <laughs> Quiet down, Zordon. The speech is starting. 
<laughs> and President Zordon now. <laughs> and like the government doesn't in any way try, they just trust that crazy President Z- ex-President Zordon has built these <laughs> robots and has hired some teens and they're just going to leave them to it and hope for the best. No, no, I know exactly which president is based upon our, our interactions so far in the series. This is an alternate reality in which President Gore... <laughs> <laughs> it would be as well. He'd be like, yes. It definitely would be Al Gore who would push, to push forward like a Power Rangers initiative. People of America, I push forward a motion where I and I alone get to, get to choose... Five teens of my choosing to pilot five robots of my creation to battle evils at my bidding. Okay, sounds fine. <laughs> Wait, what was, the, what was the quote you gave me earlier at the end of Gore in the Four? Oh, the, the correct was, one? It was, shows like the Power Rangers tell children that the best way to solve a problem is to get violent, to kick, to karate chop, and yes, sometimes to launch a missile. And that's exactly what we need in this <laughs> age of kaiju. <laughs> Oh, so good. okay, that's pretty. That's it. It's set. The, the law is set. Although we did, in that case, we need to instantly retract all our statements about this figure also being a pervert. I think <laughs> that may venture forward into um, slander at that point. <laughs> okay, he just wants you know. He just wants young nubile teens to pilot his mechs. Yeah, and they're the only ones that have really had their young minds trained by Power Rangers. Exactly. Oh, that that's exactly it. Yeah, like adults haven't watched Power Rangers. They haven't like, you know, <laughs> gone through that early stage of development understanding, you know, the, the the true meaning of what it is to be a Power Ranger and the responsibility that comes with it. There we go. And that's the entire generation was raised as Al Gore's sleeper agents in the case of like kaiju emergence. <laughs> Al Gore like secretly like put into like episodes of Power Rangers just like yeah backgrounds on certain trigger words he could summon <laughs> Power Rangers <laughs> <laughs> President Gore you're out of line oh <laughs> Oh, okay, maybe it's all right. <laughs> Why are you in that tube? <laughs> President Gore, get out of that tube. <laughs> no. It keeps me young. <laughs> you just look wrinkly and old. Like you've been underwater for too long. <laughs> I like the way it makes me feel. <laughs> it's the, all, all we're missing, Tom. Then is the name. What is the name? They're not Power Rangers. They are, we need something else. Um, I mean, is Team Gore Squad two on the nose? Team Gore Squad. Team Gore Squad. Hang on, hang on. Let's also, just... maybe in this setting, the the kaiju need to be a need to be a result of climate change. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is as well. Yeah, too much pollution has caused. Pollution of the ocean has caused... Buried oh. below the polar ice caps for, <laughs> for <laughs> millennia. The, the enormous Paleolithic kaiju have reawoken. Only Team Gore Squad can stop them. Uh, and, just... and President Gore is there being like, I warned you. <laughs> uh, yeah, they called me crazy. They called me crazy for filling the Power Rangers show with secret trigger words. <laughs> And for building all those mechs in my basement. But now they come crawling back to Gore's tube. Another inconvenient truth. (laughs) 
Alf Teen Troopers. <laughs> Alf Teen Troopers. <laughs> this is too stupid. <laughs> oh god, I'm brilliant. <laughs> Just Al's kids, maybe. Oh god. <laughs> Al, Gore, Al Gore's nubile teen climate warriors. Yeah, climate warriors is good. Eco warriors. Yes. Eco warriors. Al Gore's okay. nubile teen eco warriors. <laughs> You're using nubile a lot in your name. Hey, man. Al Gore's Mighty Morphin right. Teen Eco Warriors. This is bad names. <laughs> how about how about um, Nobel Peace Prize winning <laughs> Total Awesome Teen Eco Warrior Squad <laughs> Colon Morphin. <laughs> Can I hear that once more? Can I hear that once more? I mean, Nobel, I can see Nobel Peace Prize winner. Al Gore's. Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize winning. Al Gore's totally awesome teen squad colon morphing. All right, Tom, I'm ready to head to table. Okay, Tom, are you ready to play Nobel Peace Prize winning Al Gore's Tote Al E Awesome Teen Squad Morphin? <laughs> I'm so never been so ready to play a game. I will be your Morphin Master oh, for this, uh, so this session. Okay, so the idea with this game normally is that there is a squad of teens mm -hmm. um, recruited invariably by Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> That's universally the setting. And I guess what's a little bit different to the sort of the, the average household tabletop here, Tom, is that you are probably going to have to adopt the role of at least a few teens. Yeah, I've, I've, I've put together uh, a squad of four teens. Nice. Perfect. Do you want to introduce us to your four teens? I can't wait. So uh, my first teen is Polly Diggett. She's a geography major. Um, but she also, for extra money at the weekends, is a tin miner. <laughs> and, she, and she controls a mighty morphin mole uh, that can, like, burrow and has, like, big slashy claws and it's super badass. Okay, yeah. I have Harvey Willard, the history major, and his mech is just a giant military cannon. <laughs> just, just like you'd find on like a pirate ship or something but a massive like an one. old-fashioned cast iron exactly it literally fires style. giant cannonballs 
at, okay. at foes. Like Harvey Willard <laughs> is like into his um, historical reenactments, like in his in his spare time. That's the right, thing you don't okay. understand as well is Al Gore like designs custom mechs based around the peculiar lives of his teens. Uh, third up is Leila Afune, the uh, biology major, uh, and her mech is a giant butterfly. Uh, low on wow, damage, okay. but high on HP. Um, I, I imagine that, like, if we let like, flesh this out more, could be abilities, and I imagine that's more like a support class, if you see what I mean. Like, <laughs> I imagine spores of, like, nanobots to come down to, like, help heal her other friends and stuff like that. Nanobots, of course. Yeah. And lastly, um, down at the local zoo is Shuang, the red panda, uh, who... (laughs) Hang on, one of your teens was a red panda. She is a teenage red panda, yes. Uh, And there was always, like, Power Rangers on in the background of, like, the zoo. And, like, she also got Al Gore's, like, like, trigger word, like, put in her brain. And she, too, answers the call and morphs into, like, a giant robot grizzly bear with, like, giant laser claws. Uh, and she's also just like <laughs> the team pet as well. Like in their downtime, they're like, "Oh, Shuang!" <laughs> so a red panda like aspires to be a grizzly bear. Uh, I mean, I guess so, right? Like they're kind of like a lame bear, and I think that's the bear that like all the little bears must look up to. No, yeah, well, they're definitely okay. portrayed like the best in the media. Okay, I think I like this. I think I like Al Gore. The notion of Al Gore having like you know uh biodiversity having like uh, its vengeance as well yes <laughs> if only we cared for their natural habitat so these names are polly diggett harvey willard Layla lafune uh and shuang perfect okay now that we have our cast um let's get into the action mm-hmm. um so it is just another kind of late spring school day except unlike any other day it's a school outing um and the entirety of your class from uh maples maple hills high have uh have headed out to uh the san francisco zoo i have no idea if san francisco has a zoo (laughs) in this rich narrative tapestry it was it was al gore's first presidential decree in this world (laughs) Indeed. I um, need a zoo where red pandas can grow watching the TV they choose to watch. Is there anything in particular that, that Polly or Harvey or Layla would, would be checking out on their, their day trip? Uh, I think Polly is just checking out, you know, any of the burrowing animals that sort of, you know, making themselves little uh, nests in the ground. She's enjoying that. Um, okay. Harvey is actually in the gift shop looking up books on the history of the Al Gore <laughs> Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> you found some excellent technical drawings there. Uh, Layla's yeah. obviously in the insect house, um, looking at all the beautiful species, uh, covered in like stick insects and stuff. Like, wow, look at these. Well, everyone else is like, oh, gross. And Shuang is, um, <laughs> you know, just chilling out in her enclosure. So, you know, another day of other people sort of going, oh, isn't she cute? Okay, Harvey. So I think as you're as you're standing there perusing this uh, this very nuanced book section uh, <laughs> on the, the history of uh, the history of this uh, of this fine establishment, you um you find yourself leafing through a book that contains incredible details, like you know um, technical drawings of the land before it was uh, it was it was co-opted for the zoo, and you, you know you're so deep in this book, you don't notice as. Up behind you uh, comes one of the, uh, the sort of the football squad oh, in your no. in your <laughs> in your in your class comes up behind you, uh, 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 grasps you, um, your your 
your underwear from behind oh, no. and pulls oh. with almighty force while shouting, Nerd! <laughs> Um, and as you turn around, you realise it's it's a fairly big guy. He's like one of the defenders on the on the uh, on the on the squad. Damn I don't it. know what they call those linebackers. Is that the football I think name? So. To be fair, that, that anyway, is what I get for reading a book. His name his name is his name is Crispy on account of his love of cr- Crispy Cream Donuts. Um, <laughs> hey, Crispy! <laughs> he's just grabbed you by said nerd, and he's now grabbed the book out of your hands, and he's like, "You want this back, nerd?" Uh, quit it, Crispy. I'm just trying to learn about the zoo. He immediately takes the book um, and, like, throws it to another guy behind him, another guy on the, the football team, uh, and he said, What book? Cut it out, Crispy. I just paid for that. That I used up all my lunch money. You had lunch money and you didn't give it to us? <laughs> oh, oh, God. I definitely <laughs> forgot to do that. Why did I let on that? <laughs> I think you're going to have to return that book for a refund or pay the price to us. Polly is the leader of the group, I think. I think Polly's been walking by as well. And she's like bought herself a little like meerkat hat. I have like Tassel's little meerkat head sort of stitched on top of it. And she rushes over and says, Crispy? I'm going to give you 10 seconds to give that book back to Harvey. Okay, I think this works because Polly's probably one of those slightly more popular kids. And I think, I think, uh, I think, um, yeah, Crispy sort of, uh, he's like, uh, he sort of like blushes and he's like, oh, hey, Polly, why are you sticking up for these nerds for, huh? Doing that here in all places, Crispy, you dishonor the name of our greatest president, Al Gore. (laughs) You're right. I I didn't even think about it (laughs) here in the... In one of the sacred homes of <laughs> Al Gore. <laughs> All right, Polly, I, I, I'll lay off here. And then he kind of turns back a little bit to face Harvey, and he sort of says, but when you're off this place, your ass is mine, Harvey. Oh, golly. And he sort of like, he says, come on, boys. <laughs> and they all start, uh, they all start moving Ooh, away. Thank golly. Uh, and you can take a, you can take one of our, our social interaction points, Yay! which will allow you to auto-succeed on an attack whilst in your robot form. Nice. Yeah, without having to do that, like, correctly both guessing the same thing. I like it. Okay, so as you're all stood there in the, in the, um, in the gift shop, tidying up uh, after, after uh, the situation, sort of picking the book up off the floor, um, you, you, you see uh, bleeping on each other's, uh, on each other's belt buckles... <laughs> um, Perfectly formed in the face of, uh, of, of Al Gore, uh, his his two eyes start bleeping with like these red lights, and it just keeps repeating in this kind of monotonous voice: Gore, 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 Gore. And you know this is the signal to assemble. It's the Gore signal. The- <laughs> Quick, guys, to the max. Okay, you uh, you rush off, and soon you find yourself again in the. Uh, the super secret headquarters of uh, of former president and greatest president America has ever known, Al Gore, um, his spacious garage, <laughs> in which he has placed himself in a large blue tube. Nobel Peace Prize winning ex-president Al Gore, we heard the signal. Good, good. <laughs> Welcome, teens. It seems... Uh, my friends, that we have another kaiju threat facing the city of San Francisco. Oh, gosh, no! Once again, it seems that they have 
not heeded my warnings <laughs> enough. There's no time to waste, gang. There is no time to waste at all. <laughs> All right, my, my teens rush their little, I imagine like little pneumatic tubes, just like, like shoot them <laughs> yeah. into the, the, the cockpits of their mechs. Okay, so, so what, do we, what is revealed as we, as we see them, uh, as, let's have a bit of a, a, a visual description as we see them emerge out of the side of a, uh, of a kind of cliff face mountain, which opens up a kind of large bunker-like door hidden amidst nice. the scenery. Um, yeah, what comes what comes charging out? So the first thing is like sort of burrowing up through through the wall. It's like a, a circular door curls open, emerges this giant mech mole with like giant slashing claws, um, and uh, this big sort of long snout with a, a I guess a gun on the end, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and also like sweeping through above, and this like graceful shimmer of like this beautiful rainbow butterfly sort of sweeping down um, with probably some missiles, I guess, in it. Also, just a cannon rolls out on some like tracks that have already been <laughs> organized for it. It's just very slowly, like rolls through it. <laughs> And then, like, and then quick- a regular sized grizzly bear. Or- <laughs> oh no! I reckon it's got to be at least five times the size. That would be quite good. That in fact, yeah, I might wreck on that. It's just a regularly sized grizzly bear. It's got like giant like energy energy claws, as if like each claw is like a little lightsaber type sort of thing. Comes like charging Oof. out and lets out a giant guttural mechanical roar. Wow. Okay. So yeah, we uh, we see these things charge out, and simultaneously the camera like cuts, and we can see like swooping super fast across the water. Uh, and we just to make sure we know it's San Francisco, we obviously see the Golden Gate Bridge in the yeah, like, foreground. And then swooping towards, we see like in the distance this spray of like the salt spray behind this thing swooping across the the sea, uh, and and it kind of camera zooms in. We see this like large dark mass, and it zooms in again. And then we see this large bat-like creature, huge, like kind of wrinkled forehead, oh, God. Um, leathery wings, um, and it's kind of like flapping them every so often, but it kind of tucks them behind it and then flaps them again. It vaguely humanoid, vaguely contorted, uh, and it lets out like this horrifying screech uh, as it approaches the the uh, the. The bridge, and as it does so, a number of the the bridge like the bridge like wobbles and vibrates. Cars like careen into one another as this sonic blast, um, oh. like causes the entire bridge to to oscillate and vibrate, uh, and it's getting closer fast. Um, yeah, and your your Power Rangers, your uh, your robots are arriving. Sorry, not Power Rangers, <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize winning Al Gore's totally awesome team squad morphing. <laughs> Um, appear at the edge of the the bay of uh, yeah the um, San Francisco Bay, uh, and you can see this 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 bat like swiftly approaching. All right, what do you want to do? First of all, Polly sort of over the intercom goes, "All right, Nobel Peace Prize winning Al Gore's tote alley awesome team squad morphin, <laughs> let's get them!" And they all say, "Let's get them in unison," and like Shuang being like. <laughs> with subtitles for let's get them <laughs> yeah exactly and uh the first thing i'm gonna do is that uh harvey's gonna say like moving to engage and he's or you see like these big heavy sort of uh stabilizers come out of the mech and like lock him into the ground as he aims his sights down at the giant bat 
and just launches a giant, just an ordinary iron cannonball, but a ginormous one, like the size of, uh, of a regular house, just comes like firing out towards the giant bat creature. Okay, so I guess let's roll a d20 to see if you hit. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, I rolled a five. But, but, oh, no, but, but Tom, do, uh, do you remember Sunny D? <laughs> remember Sunny D? Uh, I, I need I need a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not ooh, sure I, I fully. You, you knew it was bad for you, you know all those adverts <laughs> saying how much sugar there was, but uh, that kind of made it extra good, didn't it? You're in so close. You've got that ASMR kind of nostalgia, nostalgia for us. Sunny D, Tom. You remember Sunny D? I do remember <laughs> Sunny D. Mm. You're right. Mm. I remember the, Sunny D. By the power you get a of nostalgia, I actually rolled an eighteen. <laughs> Boom. Nice smashes into the side of this leather-winged bat um, who, who like, taking the blow, like, one of its wings is sorely wounded and it uh, it tries to roll on its side. Like, it has to flap to the side. It takes uh, two... Well, it takes however much damage, D6. I put seven points into damage, so I'm rolling seven D6. Seven D6. Yeah, this cannon wow, is, like, okay. all damage and hardly any health and armour. Alrighty, then. We've got 10, 20, 27 damage. 27 yeah. damage. Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, so it hits the wing, and not only does it, like, it crumples the wing a bit. Nice. Like, you see, like, a, you see, like, it's kind of, like, it's, like, a little bit lame at the moment. It's kind of flapping that one, but it's heavily favouring the other one. Uh, and it seems to have, like, turned its attention now to the shore where you are. Uh, who goes, who wants to go next, next from the team? Next up is Layla in the butterfly mech. And she's going to, for her, for her turn, what I'd like to do is sweep down and, like, in her little... Uh, met hands kind of like pick up Shuang and with her turn can I please like carry Shuang's like <laughs> regularly sized grizzly bear mech and I want to like carry over and like drop her like I, I want to fly over this piece and, like drop Shuang on top of the flying thing okay wow yeah yeah um, so yeah you uh, without any roll will do we'll just say you drop Shu on the uh, uh, on the on top of the furry back of this this kaiju Okay, unfortunately, it's its turn. Uh, and as it feels like this thing come up and like it's seen the dazzling display of this this uh, this butterfly flapping around its head, it turns back and inhales deeply. Like you can feel the rush of wind uh, <gasps> around you and lets out another, like it kind of its, its chest bulges for a moment. It lets out another horrifying sonic scream up in the direction of the, uh, of the, of the butterfly. I'll roll to see if it hits. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's a high roll. That's 19. That's got to be hit. a hit. God damn it. Um, it's pretty substantial damage, Tom. Okay, give it to me. A total of 24 damage. Oh, crikey. As it fires this, like, uh, this scream of, uh, of energy up in your general direction. God, that would have uh, been enough to, uh, to kill Shuang or Harvey outright. Um, but that's okay. So 24, did you say? Yeah, yep, I've got one point in armor, so that's shaved down to 23. <laughs> Is that all armor does? Yeah. How many points do you... I put one, okay. only one point in armor, but 23 damage. Uh, that means I now I'm on 22 health for Layla. Okay. Uh, I think she shrieks back as, like, the control... Like, all, I reckon all the lights in the cockpit start to, like, shimmer slightly and sort of... For a moment there, the mech almost shuts down, but she, she regains control. At the same time, is, is it... Is it can it be Shuong's turn now? It can indeed, okay, yeah. So she's still, like, mid-four, and she just, like powers up her laser claws and just like tries to sink them in like attaching herself to this bat creature and just like sinking the claws deep into it 
Okay, roll to hit. Okay, I got a uh, five again. Uh, but Tom, Tom, do you... I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. Dun, 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 dun. To catch them is my real test. To train, is this doing anything for you? To train them is my cause. I will travel across the land, searching far and wide. Each Pokemon to understand the power that's inside. Pokemon, gotta catch them all, it's you and me. I know it's my destiny. Pokemon, oh, you're my best friend. I mean, in a world we must defend. What, what do you say, Tom? Is that- You've Ash caught my heart. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and you uh, <laughs> you also get another nostalgia reroll. It was actually a 12. Mm, that works. I thought so as well. I'm glad we're on the same page there. <laughs> I've only got five points into damage here for Shuong. Uh, and that comes out at, oh, not great, 13 damage. Oof, okay. That's pretty good, though. Uh, yeah, you... you dig these claws deep in, uh, like pulling out clumps of fur from the creature's back, starts squirming uh, and starts flapping its wings as well. Uh, and it's beginning to take off from the ground again, uh, like trying to almost like shake you as it rolls and dives and ducks. Um, does uh, Polly want to take yeah, a turn? Yeah, it's Polly's turn. I think she comes through to Harvey and is like, Layla and Shuang need our help. We can't get there by ourselves. We've got to morph, Harvey. And for her turn, okay. I want to try and morph with Harvey's cannon. Okay. Do you have the requisite cup? I have okay, the cup. Okay, you have to place it the requisite 40 centimetres away from Yeah, I'm 40 centimetres away from the cup. Uh, and have you got uh, the requisite... Um, D20 here in my hand. Know. Yeah, requisite D20 in your hand. Okay, here we go. Okay, engage morph systems. Polly goes, mole ranger. Harvey goes, cannon ranger. And they try to morph... I missed the cup, Tom. <laughs> Describe to me how it goes, Paul. I think what happened is, Polly goes, let's morph! And she jumped forward, and Harvey was like, what? Sorry, I had a bit of static there. What? And suddenly, like, a mole mech just, like, crashes into the cannon, and they both go, like, rolling down. I imagine them on top, like, a hilltop where um, Harvey's firing from, and I think they just roll down. Um, just as, like, there's a, a small business owner who's like, finally, my... My antique vase store is open and ready for business. Sure, I had to remortgage the house, but I got a good... Just as the two mechs come, like, crashing through, all messed up and, and flatten it out. Damn. Gosh. Brutal. Yeah. He's chill with it, though. Okay, so so as, you, as you're doing this, uh, the, the bat, like, begins flying off uh, directly above downtown San Francisco. Oh, no. Um, it still has, still has a shoe, shoe you on its, on, its, um, on its back, but it, uh, it's trying to dislodge uh, her. And it's like, it's like sonic booming, like large portions of the city. It's like s- screeching and turning its head. Uh, various building blocks are collapsing. Um, and it's, it's like trying to shrug uh, Layla off. Give me a... I don't know, give me another D20 roll and see whether you uh Okay. See whether you manage to hold uh, on. A six. Oh, Layla is dislodged and goes flying down. Wait, it's me, Layla or Shuang. Uh, the, the... Oh yeah, Shu Shuang uh, goes flying down. While Shuang is falling, can instead Harvey see her falling through the air is like hits this big button and the cannon like it rolls around. It's pointing like directly down. There's no like giant ball in it. He's gonna use the force of the blast 
to fire the cannon directly towards Shuong while attempting to morph with her <laughs> midair. Wow, okay. So this cannon can, like, launch itself into the yes. air. Yes. Okay, cool, I well, like it. It's it like leads a, a ginormous very, crater, obviously. But. Very historical rocket jump. The cannon goes flying. Let's see if you can morph. Here we go. Come on, Shuong. <laughs> okay wow okay so so in midair as uh, as as Xu Yong is falling the uh, the uh, the cannon flying backwards um interlocks and we see the kind of inevitable uh screen begins to flash multiple colors and we get like the sound effect of the transformation um the sort of the the, the background um music swelling oh what yeah is, what does the transformation look okay, like? What happens first was like the cannon like splits open in half and like closes around Shuong's bear. And at first, it looks like nothing's going to happen as this cannon is just like spinning through the air. But then eventually, like the wheels of the cannon start start to to fold in and like pushing through the spokes. Instead, comes some like bear claws. And what we see is um like a the head the head of a bear like folds out and closes around the front of the cannon. And it's like um basically like a bear's head as a torso with four like strange monkey like arms coming out of it and it can sort of like it, it grabs hold of like a building as it's, as it's flying past or maybe some of like the rungs of the golden gate bridge and lets out a roar from the cannon mouth of this sort of torso bear head wow yeah, pretty bad very cool uh, i've multiplied the stats so this one now has a <laughs> hp of 80 an armor of three and a damage of 35 dice Okay, right, okay. So, uh, yeah, this, this thing transforms. The bat has, like, managed to dislodge it, and it's now, like, um, it's now, like, screaming across the city. Um, like, uh, you see, like, I think you're, you're down on the streets a bit, a bit lower, this 20-foot robot, and you see people running past, like, trying to get out of the city, uh, and they're screaming, like, what have we done? Oh, <laughs> if I'd only known before I bought this diesel car. <laughs> 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 I I swore after the first two kaiju attacks I'd buy a I'd buy a Tesla, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's everyone's in there, you know, uh, forlorn at their their effects <laughs> on the environment. Um, and yeah, the bat is uh, is is down. You're down like like Market Street. Uh, it's it's smashing through a whole number of large buildings uh, as it screams. It kind of has its back to you at the moment, though. Okay, it's now. Um, Layla's turn, I believe. And she sees the first stage of the morph and is like, I understand. And she swoops through and like the abdomen of the butterfly opens up with like these interlocking mechanisms to try and morph with the currently existing strange ape. Nice. Uh, not, uh, yeah, ape berry cannon thing. We're gonna morph. Let me just get out the old die. Butterfly ranger, go! Yes! Get in there! <laughs> okay. Two out of uh, three. Yeah. Describe how the butterfly adds on to this. So first of all, it just like lo- it locks into the back of, um, of of the beast. So first of all, this ape thing's just got these beautiful rainbow wings now, but they all sort of like they um, disperse out, so they're not just like an interconnected wing now, but it's like blades of like rocket boosters coming out as well. And the head of the butterfly sort of locks on top to give a more humanoid sort of shape. So there's this sort of cannon in the middle of the chest with an insect-type head on front and a giant pair of wings and these four beefy limbs as well. It's a flying wow. morphin masterpiece. 
So I think at this point, it's like it's like the 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 main bat monster is, is like smashed through, uh, like on its way from Chinatown down into the Tenderloin um, along Market Street, and it's it's smashed a whole bunch of uh, of buildings. But as you make the second transformation, it kind of its attention turns back up at you, uh, the the both of you, uh, like the whole, the whole group of you, the three of you, um, and it it sort of inhales, ready to like, like let out another scream, and it does so. Um, Oh golly! Uh, I got a sixteen. Uh, it like fills its belly up again, and <laughs> it lets out the cry. What's the damage? I doubt I'll give a shit <laughs> for my mighty creature. Okay, okay. Keep in mind, I'm now on eight hundred uh, HP. <laughs> that is a total of. 26 damage. Wow. Not that I even care. Although I do need to take off the damage um, that Layla already took, actually. So let's put that down to it. Let's just say around 750 HP instead. Okay. Not that I even care. Like, there's maybe there's a couple of scratches across the beast. It's now Shuang's turn. And all in coordination now, the whole thing, it's going to, like, uh, the wings fold backwards for, like, a perfect, like, jet inspired punch forward. And I want it to, to tear forward. Uh, the, the limbs of the ape-type creature are going to grab the wings of the bat to hold it out as if it's like grappling with its arms out wide. And then the, the bear's head's going to open up and just fire a cannon blast straight through the centre of this creature at close range. Fortunately for me, I have my uh, social interaction point to undo any need for a secret ballot and definitely connect this hit. Perfect. Perfect. That means okay. I need to roll. So accommodating the rule where we've decided to times together damage dice, tell me how bad this is going to be. Tom, I need you to calculate 70d6 for me. 70d6. Yes. All right, I'm going to roll 20 and I am typing in. You did a total of 246 Yay! damage. And I think... Um, I think what happens here is the blast just goes you you kind of like grasp the thing by its wings almost right you're like a hold it almost like you you dart in and somehow you've grasped it by its wings and just blast it almost point blank through its chest um and it just it just like as it's still continuing to try and scream at you um it just explodes a spray of blood backwards across all of the all of the the tenderloin of uh, of San Francisco, <laughs> and it's like a pause as they're covered in viscera before they start to cheer. Yep, exactly. Everyone pauses and cheers, and uh, and like one of the guys sort of stops and he's like, he's like, "Well, I'm going to get back in my diesel car." <laughs> uh, and once again, the city is restored to normality. Um, All thanks to Nobel Peace Prize winner Al Gore's tote Al E. Awesome Teen Squad colon Morphin. Perfect. <laughs> oh, Tom, that was so much fun to play. Uh, wh- what did you think of the system, Tom? I Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, we didn't really devise any mechanism to decide whether you succeed or fail on a thing. Maybe I should, th- maybe which... I should throw a die... Maybe when trying to hit, you should throw a die into a cup from 30 centimetres instead. Mmm, a different cup. Yes, yeah, a bigger a bucket, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. And you can use different containers depending on how, like, well-armoured the, the enemy is. Like, I'm afraid you're going to have to thread this needle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I like this. I like this. All of the dynamics should be based upon hand-eye coordination, your ability to throw... 
a dice into a bucket. <laughs> you never actually roll said dice. Wait, and maybe the, that's the it. And maybe instead of this whole like, secret ballot thing, it's just that both everyone involved in the machine has to all successfully throw it in as well. Simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, like, there's consequences. So I think that'd be quite cool. Well, Tom, thank you so much for MMing, Morph Mastering, uh, the game for thank me. you for letting me be your morph master tom <laughs> i could tell i could tell from the start this was a a childhood dream it of really yours, was, the, was it so obvious having well i mean to be fair you did say <laughs> as much did, was it really that obvious episode, when so. i said outright <laughs> <laughs> i i wouldn't i wouldn't have felt comfortable denying you the opportunity to uh to one for one time own these these dolls <laughs> well we have been head to table thanks so much for listening to the episode uh tom is there any final tweak you would like to make to this game no it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> um I think if there's one tweak, Tom, it's that I want us to focus more on the environmental consequences of our action. I mean, it's it's what Al Gore would want, uh, and it's what we owe him. That's so true. The, we should like into, the team master. We should have written into the narrative that like all the mechs are powered by renewables. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have to. They take a very long time to charge in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been another successful episode then of Heads Table. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, it'd be great if you could share it with some friends, maybe somewhere else in a D&D group you got or something, or review it on iTunes. That'd be so great. Uh, I've been Tom Rawson. And I have been Tom Snowden. And he's not lying. We live on reviews. <laughs> I, uh, I, I will die if I, if I don't get a review. I... This has been Heads Table. Thank you very much. And see you next week. Bye. See you, everyone. to the band Call Me Malcolm there for the use of our intro and outro music. You can find more of their stuff on callmemalcolm.bandcamp.com and we'll be back next week where we take on a game around the thrilling world of fantasy insurance.